I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the quarantine kid, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right. So we're not doing a rewatch pod today. We're just gonna hit some hit some topical news. One, because I had so many amount of dumb tweets to me about this Gobert Mitchell thing. <laughs> And uh, so I'm like, all right, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way so we can talk about it and speculate because speculate's always so one of the things fun. we do best. It's so much fun. Uh, but anyway, do you have any TV shows that you've recently jumped on over the past like two weeks? Like no, like dumb ones like Avatar. I'm talking about like good. I'm just kidding. Just ignore that I said that. What'd you say? What is that? Do what? I just hung up the Skype call. That was my sound. Oh. That was my sound effect that I just hung up the Skype call. My wife's trying to get me to watch Love is Blind. No, come on. Tell her you already watched The Bachelor. <laughs> I know. It's The concept of it is hilarious, but I just can't. She, she bowed out of Homeland. She backed out of Homeland, so... Uh, I haven't been watching it. We've been re-watching like, some of the Marvel movies, like going back through them. We just watched Ultron and... There's so many tie-ins to to Infinity War and like Endgame that you don't remember. Like, oh, that's why that thing happened. Because there's so many choices they made in Endgame. Because there's there's so much movie, but there, every single thing that they did was like, you know, they had to decide because there's just so much you could have put in that movie. And so yeah. you're like, why did that character talk to them? And then you realize all these different things. So that's one thing I've been watching back. I've also I've been working a lot, and so I've um, I've been watching New Girl in the background. It's a great show. Love that show. I know. I feel like I've been working more in quarantine over these past three weeks than I did before. Yeah, me too. And it's been uh, it's been interesting. But anyway, let's talk some news. Did you read Zach Lowe's article about the Luke Walton All Stars? I noticed that a familiar face was included in the Luke Walton All Stars. It's Zach Lowe's annual list of. You know, not necessarily superstars, but impactful players that are role players around the league. Uh, you know, some of his favorites and a familiar face made the list this year. Yeah, literally the uh, first paragraph uh, of the preview of the, of the piece for Zach Lowe says it's the ninth time he's doing it. And it's a tribute to guys who fight for their NBA lives before landing in a role that suits them and going down through it. You know, Duncan Robinson, he's a popular name this year. He's really made a name for himself. And I mean, he deserves it. It's, it's been awesome to see uh, what he's done out there. But. He put a former Maverick in there and Doug McDermott. Shout hey. out to Doug. Uh, we wish he was on this team still. But one of our very own, Dorian Finney-Smith. Let's go. I love Dorian. But Zach Lowe uh, gives him a good chunk of this. He's one of the guys, obviously, in this piece. And he just talks about how Dorian kind of uh, stepped up his game this year as this ultimate role player for the Mavericks. And he talked about a little bit with uh, when he got, you know, when he was undrafted. I did a couple of stories on Dorian now. 
and uh, one I did uh, back at the beginning of this past year that he was the bulldog. He was the dog that the Dallas Mavericks, this version of the Mavericks needed. And uh, kind of like our Deshaun Stevenson type a little bit, but uh, I loved writing that story because I love Dorian. He's so cool of a dude and the organization loves it too. And I love his story. But they said Miami and New Orleans were the, the first two teams that called him when he went undrafted on draft night. But it was Dallas who came through and they wanted him so bad that they offered him a three-year deal, a uh, three-year minimum deal, 100, 100 grand guaranteed. And that was after that they'd hand, handed a bigger deal to Jonathan Gibson. And that was the whole first year was was guaranteed in that. And I remember I wrote about this in the story I did with Dorian. Zach Lowe mentions it too, that going into that training camp for Dorian, he was like, man, they just paid Jonathan Gibson. You know, there's only so many roster spots. They just gave him a, a guaranteed deal. And kind of like how we talk about Salah and Sam Dallenbear, this is another example of this, of them giving somebody else a guaranteed deal, but a kind of a non-guaranteed guy like Dorian and like Salah at that time beat that guy out. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, when roster spots come around or when the beginning of whenever this season ends and a new one begins, <laughs> we're talking about team building, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter who they give guaranteed deals to because whoever they want more is going to, you know, win out at that point. But it was cool seeing Dorian get that recognition he doesn't get a ton of national recognition gets a ton of recognition from us i think but from outside of you know local media i don't think he gets it very much so it was awesome to see that um on on today's show like isaac said we're kind of going to be wrapping up some random stuff that we wanted to talk about uh mark cuban was on Jesus and miro on showtime their late night show uh he said a couple of things i thought were interesting isaac do you know the worst purchase mark cuban ever made when he first got his money this is a question that a lot of people ask a lot of rich people they ask you like what's your worst purchase when you first got all your money do you have any guess of what it could be maybe even a type of thing i mean something that depreciates value or something i don't know this thing definitely depreciated value Was it a car? It was a car. It was a <laughs> yellow Hummer. He said he got it at a charity event, uh, and no one was bidding on this. Nobody wanted it. It's like this banana yellow, like terrible Hummer, and nobody was was putting any bids on it or anything. I don't know if it was an auction or they were just like selling it for charity, but uh, nobody was bidding on it. Mark Cuban had just gotten his deal done, you know, to and he was you know made a ton of his money at that point, and it was two hundred thousand dollars, and he bought it on the spot. And he oh just gosh. bought a yellow Hummer. He said he drove it one time, and it was terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought that was a great story. You can go watch this on YouTube, by the way, Jesus and Miro. Uh, D-E-S-U-S and uh, M-E-R-O, Jesus and Miro. Uh, but I thought that was, that was crazy. Um, and I think some of the things about you know the coronavirus and things that, that the Mavericks are dealing with, um, Mark Cuban is doing a thing where he's reimbursing team employees for buying from local restaurants. I thought this was a really cool thing that I don't know if we mentioned on the pod where we talked about what the Mavericks are doing. Uh, but if a team employee buys from a local you know restaurant, buys dinner there, and they you know submit the receipt, Mark Cuban will reimburse them. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's that is really cool, and I, I know people has taken advantage of that for sure. Uh, especially, yeah, living downtown, wherever it is, uh, they started that I think early on uh, in during the whole process. Yeah, a while but, ago. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Cuban also got his name mentioned by uh, the president of the United States too. <laughs> 
that he did. He's going to be part of the team, I guess. It's not even a team anymore. Like, okay, so I was watching Age of Ultron, right? And at that point, the Avengers are just like, they're a little bit bigger. In the first Avengers movie, there's only five of them, right? So it's, it's manageable. It's like, you could call that yeah. a team. Uh, by the time it gets to Endgame, there's like, and I'm looking at the picture right now with my desktop background there's like a hundred of them there's like 200 of them so at that point it's something other than a team right it's like something else it's a battalion i don't know what it is so mark cuban is part of this something other than a team that's going to help the president and help the government yeah task force to put the you know to bring the economy back or to to bring everybody back from lockdown so Mark Cuban's part of it. Adam Silver's part of it. Um, somehow Vince McMahon is part of it as, as well. So many, if, all the other commissioners of all the other sports. Uh, but Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones also, Dallas Cowboys owner, got mentioned. Uh, so he's going to be helping out however he can. It'd be amazing if that was one Zoom call, right? Like Ooh, they just decided to have one Zoom call. With that's, that's, that's the definition of too many like chefs in the kitchen, right? Just everybody <laughs> be wanting to talk at the same time. Jerry Jones, Mark Cuban, everybody, Vince McMahon, Trump. Trump. Uh, <laughs> anyway. If Mark Cuban put his name in the running right now, I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> We're not doing that conversation. No, no, no. no. Um, Miro on the show also called Mark Cuban the Rasheed Wallace of NBA owners, and I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that's great. I gotta go watch it. I haven't watched this interview. I need to it's watch it. It's very this. good. Uh, he says a couple other things, and then he, they do their neon sign at the very end where uh, it's just like a saying or something like you want to be known for or whatever. Like, what would your neon sign say? It's like outside of a bodega, which is like a you know tiny grocery store outside of, um, you know, in New York, like on the streets. They can't have huge grocery stores like, you know, like, uh, oh my gosh, what's the, what's the grocery store you guys have in, in Dallas? I can't remember the name of it. Walmart. Like Kroger, I guess, well, Super Walmart, whatever. So they have these tiny, like, gas station-sized grocery stores, and uh, they all have neon signs outside of them. And so, anyway, that was a long way to say. Mark Cuban's <laughs> neon sign saying was, today's the youngest you're ever going to be. Live young. So, remember that. Oh, well. That could be the name of a podcast. Today's the youngest you're ever going to be? Yeah. It could inspir- be the name of a podcast. I bet it is by now. Inspirational, you know, type hype thing. Anyway, all right, coming up, let's get into a a little bit more of this, and then we'll get into the Donovan Mitchell-Rudy Gobert situation. All right, Isaac, a couple more things I wanted to mention from Mavericks and people around the Mavericks in the news. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki was on an athletic pod uh, with The Athletic with Mark Folliwell, and uh, he said a couple things. He said one of the first things he does in the morning, especially during the season, was wake up and check Twitter right away to see if the Mavs had won or not. And I thought that was just... Because like, he didn't stay up for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it's cute, but I thought it was cute, right? Like, then he wakes up and he checks to he checks to see how the Mavericks did. Like, he's checking back on his team. He's trying to he's trying to distance himself from the team and not you know let it consume him and let himself get a break. But he still checks in on the team and he, he says we still, which I thought was was very awesome too. I, I, that just makes me think of the night prior. And <laughs> at what point is he like? All right, boys, you got it. We're going to bed now. Um, it's like halftime. He just <laughs> well, shuts he has the little game kids off. too. He he mentioned that a couple times in this interview that he has little kids, and so he's like, I thought it would be, you know, and you have little kids, so you know, like I thought this, I would yeah. get more time, and you just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty cool. Dirk also said the most emotional he ever got in his career was before and after the very last home game. He so, was really emotional in that game, yeah, and more, rightfully so. I mean, more emotional than you know the the title or anything. Hmm. Dirk also mentioned uh, as one of now a former player 
you know, to come out and say that, you know, he, he's the chair of like the, the FIBA, you know, competition committee and all that stuff. And he's um, finding out ways to change the international game and things like that. And they asked him what he would change in today's NBA game. And he said, not much, which is not very common among former players, right? A lot of former players want to change all these things and you know, take away the three point line, you know, all this stuff. But Dirk likes it the way that it is and the fans like it and it's fun to watch and he'd keep it the same way. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. And he probably he knows deep down, too, that today's game, if he came in at his prime, I mean, put, yeah, prime Dirk in this in today's game, I mean, he would, it's hard to think, but he'd be even better than what he was. They started to ask him about memories of the finals runs, and um, he said, well, I still don't want to remember 06. He just, he still just doesn't want to go back to that memory. It's just such a bad memory for him. He won't even, he doesn't even want to talk about it. Listen, if you go out and you get robbed somewhere and somebody steals something from me, you don't want to remember that, all right? Yeah, but eventually you go back to the store, right? No, I ain't going back. You don't go back to the same alley, you just ignore it? No, especially if it wasn't your fault and you just got robbed. (laughs) No. And the last thing that he said in this that I thought was cool, uh, they asked him about this, you know, this year's Mavericks team, what he thought about their chances. And he said, they have all the right pieces in place. A great core, great bench. We're deep. If, you know, if Luca and Porzingis can start, you know, gelling well together, they have all the pieces that they need to make a title run. Mm -hmm. So he's in the camp of not getting a third star, apparently. Which I don't think he would say outright, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the right <laughs> thing to say for sure. But I think Dirk would say like we need a couple more pieces, right? Possibly. He also just played with the uh, you know majority of these guys last year. So how much of a politician do you think he would be at this point? Right now, I'd I'd say exactly what I said if I was Dirk. <laughs> so there you go. All right, let's get into the Donovan Mitchell situation and Rudy Gobert. So. A lot of you know that a lot of this really started with Rudy Gobert. He was the first NBA player to test positive for COVID-19. This was back literally a month ago. <laughs> this is like March 13th, I think. He, he tested positive. He has since um, beaten the coronavirus, I guess, if you want to put it in those terms. Uh, he has now tested negative for it. He has o- overcome it, I guess. And so an article from The Athletic came out, uh, and this article is like, I don't know, a cyborg. Like, there's just so many different pieces put together, and they've edited it, and they've put all this stuff in it. But um, the main point of the article that caught our attention was the fact that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's relationship, because of the way that Rudy Gobert handled himself after he, or before, right before he had tested positive, he was, remember, he was touching all the microphones in the arena and joking about the coronavirus and saying it wasn't that big of a deal. And then Donovan Mitchell himself tested positive later. And another player, I guess, on the Jazz tested positive as well. And Donovan Mitchell took a, you know kind of offense to that, did not like that. He was not happy the part that Gobert played. This is from the article. Uh, in the entire saga, considering all the efforts the Jazz had taken to educate their players on the matter and ensure their safety, it's not hard to see why there would be frustration with anyone who is still downplaying the disease. Now, though, they must find a way to move forward. The Jazz have already begun working on the Mitchell-Gobert relationship, but sources say Mitchell remains reluctant to fix what might have been broken. It doesn't appear to be salvageable, one source with knowledge of the situation said. And so, Mm. great speculators like ourselves got the wheels turning, and all of a sudden you start thinking, man, what this could be? You know, and guys like Joe Ingles on, on Twitter are trying to downplay it and say it's not that big of a deal, but... We all know that it all starts with something, with all these relationships in it with NBA players. And it could turn into a Russell Westbrook-Durant thing where one of them wants to leave. It could turn into a Shaq-Kobe thing. Like, who knows what it could turn into, what it develops into. 
or how long the organization wants to keep those two together if it becomes you know a thing a problem and so we decided to ask some hypothetical questions if they did decide to split up if the jazz if it did get to that point where it was an unsalvageable unsalvageable relationship and the jazz did decide to move one or both of them i guess uh so for the mavericks would both be considered a third star let's say if they were able to add somehow in some way yeah so one or one you know one or the other to the mavericks while keeping luca and borzingis my wheels are churning from a lot of stuff that you just finished saying with this whole story and i you know one the story comes out the athletic story you know comes out and pretty much every fan base is looking at and saying all right how can we get one of these guys and uh so yeah of course you know fans in dallas is figuring out hey how would one of these guys fit blah 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 Uh, i always kind of wonder too with this situation i mean are we do we know 100 percent that you know gobert didn't get it from mitchell no no see that's the thing there's just so much we don't know about this whole thing he was just it was just like everybody yeah Gobert was the first one and therefore it's hey we got to track where Gobert went and you know and then yeah so this whole and it you know at first you read something or you hear something about it you're like all right I need to have more things come out for you to believe it but then Donovan Mitchell goes on Good Morning America Gobert does the Instagram live thing the other day with Taylor Rooks I think yeah. Rooks is that mm-hmm. what I and uh and with Taylor Rooks and you know he's like hey yeah we, we didn't talk for a bit but you know we have talked since we're just focused on winning a title so like there's definitely tension in something there now whether they trade one of them that's you know that's a different situation you have to think too I'm like man if you're a jazz fan this has just been a disaster. Like maybe like, the founder of this network. Well, yeah, but like, sorry, David, all, if you listen to this, sorry, man. Before all this, you know, situation, you know, you're a top four team, you know, in the playoffs, uh, your home court, you know, if playoffs started today, just everything you're trying to push for the playoffs. Corona stuff happens, you know, that stuff is an obviously, you know, bigger picture and more things to worry about with the health of our country and stuff. But then you just look at their team and stuff too. It's like, now they got chemistry issues. If they come back, will anything, will, how will they play on the court? Uh, but if they did decide to, you know, in this coming off season, they did decide to split it up and say, all right, we're going to enter. Let's say they get, let's say they have the playoffs, they get bounced or the season's canceled. And this is last we've seen with jazz and they decide to trade one of them. And if Dallas was interested in them, I think, yeah, would both be considered, this goes into like NBA Twitter debates too, right? Because yep. there's a huge defense of Rudy Gobert. There's somebody who was like, Hey, he's not a star. But is he, you know, like he... But triple-double and screen assists. <laughs> screen assists, let's go. And then... Again, I, sorry, David. Okay, I will say this. I think, I think one, both of, both of them would be considered the, quote, third star. But I think NBA Twitter and, fa- and the fan base would far more consider Donovan Mitchell as the third star than Gobert. Is that... Yeah, I think both of them would be considered a third star, right? But if you had to... If you had to consider one more of a star than the other, I guess it would be Mitchell because of the way that, like, just because of perception. Gobert could be a more impactful player, maybe not for the Mavericks, but overall as an NBA player. He's defensive player of the year twice. I mean, that's that's super impactful as a player. Uh, But the way that people perceive players right now, Donovan Mitchell would seem to be more of a star than Gobert, especially since there's something about Gobert. Every time I would post a video including Gobert on on Free Dawkins or posted about him with uh you know the social media for Locked on NBA like anytime I had posted something about him 
people came out of the woodwork with negative comments about how they hate Gobert. And this was way before coronavirus and all that stuff. So I don't know what yeah. it is, but it seems like there's a section of NBA fans that don't like Rudy Gobert at all for some reason. Maybe it's the smug French thing. Like maybe that's the stereotype they're going with. <laughs> I'm not saying that Rudy Gobert is smug. I've never met him, but uh, I have no idea why that there seems to be a section of fans that think that way. I think some of them, you know, feel like he's overrated and that he's mentioned with a, and it's just a different style of center. We've seen what Tyson Chandler, we've been doing this 2011 rewatch, and we've seen what Tyson Chandler brought to that Mavs team as this, you know, shot blocking, I'm going to catch oops type of center. And, but now people see what centers look like in today's game with Joel Embiid and Jokic and some of these, you know, big guys like that. Towns. And then we go in towns. And then when Gobert is Orzingis. mentioned with, with, with those guys, it's like, oh, yeah, well, he doesn't shoot threes. Well, you're not giving him the ball, like, at, you know, at the end of the game. So some people get defensive of that. And like, he's nowhere near these top guys because he can't do all these other things. But he still impacts the game all over the court in ways that he is. he's one of those guys where, you know, stats back him up. But it's also you have to watch the games, too, to see his full impact that Gobert has on that defense. Um, okay, let me ask you this. If you're the Jazz and you have to pick one to trade, which one are you trading? Ooh, if I'm the Jazz, which one would I rather trade? I'll set I'll set it up this while you think about it. Gobert, 27 years old. He has one year left on his deal at yeah. 26 and a half million dollars. Donovan Mitchell, 23 years old, four years younger. He has one year left on his rookie deal at 5.1 million, but he's you know due for the you know, the big extension and stuff. So I mean, it, it's the no brainer that you would lean towards trading Rudy Gobert over Donovan Mitchell, right? If you're Utah. Yeah, especially with the age and the contract. Like that I think matters a lot. Uh, the other thing the other thing you have to think about it though is you could get more for Donovan Mitchell than you could get for trading Rudy Gobert at this point. True. Yes. I, I yeah. And I, but I, I think even in today's game, I think having even if you're looking at let's just say they're two equal stars. Let's just say that I think Donovan Mitchell fits today's game and building around Mitchell compared to building around a Rudy Gobert. Um, well, and Donovan yeah. Mitchell's contract right now, he's making, for whatever you want to consider this year, $3.6 million this year, five point one the year after that. Um, and then he's then he has the... Um, then he's going to be a, a restricted free agent after that. And, so, and that's not going to be that big of a deal because it's coming off of the rookie deal. So it's not like a huge, huge max... Um, yeah, and he'll get that. But, he'll get that massive rookie extension, you know. And yeah. Utah will give that to him because why would they not? They don't get free agent, or you know. So they're going to give him that, you know, that full max there sure. as much as they can for the rookie thing. But if you're Utah and you're looking at this, and for some reason out there, you don't, you're hesitant about giving him that max deal, then you might entertain it. But I don't think that I don't think if you're Utah, you can trade Donovan Mitchell. No, I yeah, don't. I think it would have to be Rudy Gobert. So realistically, what could I mean? What would Utah get for a Rudy Gobert? That let's just say you know it has to happen in the off season. So you have he basically has one year left on his deal at twenty six point five. Then he heads. Then he'll head into that free agent class of two thousand twenty one. So you bre- you're trading for one year of Rudy Gobert before he's a free agent. What what do you even get for Gobert at that point? Yeah, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> so if you trade him with, he's basically an, an expiring, right? Because <laughs> this year doesn't really matter, and then he has next year. Yeah. So, like, if you're Dallas, not even thinking about packages, 
let's just put that out the window. Who we, who would fit better in Dallas with Luca and KP, Gilbert or Mitchell? It's a great question. We'll answer it coming up. All right, Isaac, great question before. If the Mavericks got their choice, let's say, who would fit better, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert? Donovan Mitchell fills the role of a lot of things that the Mavericks would want, right? We, we've talked a lot about, you know, another wing defender. He could he could be another wing defender. Not not elite on that level, but he is a super long, wing, you know, wingspan guy that can, you know, stick with players on the defensive end. He can get his own bucket. He can shoot. There's just a lot of things that the Mavericks need that they could get in Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert, though, would fit in a way with KP. He could be the rim-rolling center, the, the Tyson Chandler starter kit that the Mavericks have won for so long um, to fit next to him. He could, he would actually be a shot blocker, defender. He could defend the big bodies in the low post. He, could, he checks a lot of boxes, too. I think it has to be Donovan Mitchell, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I, yeah, like you said, I will say with what Rick wants, if we're going to pre, pre-Dwight pre Powell injury, with what Rick wants to do with the center position, Rudy Gobert would fit that definition. But I just don't see Dallas wanting to spend top dollar money on a role man like that. They have, they have their guy in Dwight Powell that they want in that role and doing that specific role. So if you're going to spend for somebody, and if you're trading, if for some reason they did trade Donovan Mitchell, they're, you know, a team's trading for him with the intention of giving him a, a big extension. So that, you know, and you would do that if, gosh, if you're Dallas and you can get your hands on Donovan Mitchell at 23 years old to go with Luca and KP, uh, you go out and do that hands down. Yeah, and he shot 36% from three this year, 24 points a game. Uh, I He would fit really nice <laughs> alongside Luca. It would be another Porzingis trade. Where there's just no reason why the Jazz would make that trade, right? <laughs> but yeah. some crazy scenario where, you know, this unsalvageable relationship happens, there's something with Rudy Gobert that the Jazz want to hold on to instead and like who knows? I mean, that would be the only scenario it would be another, you know, Nick's Porzingis thing. But um okay, so Rudy Gobert makes 15 million more than Dwight Powell. Right, so if you want to talk about the center position as a bullpen, like Gobert can fill a couple of those roles instead of just having mm-hmm. a, a couple players do it. If you want to think about it like that, so like the combination of Dwight Powell and then Boban, right, or the or the Bruiser, like the Mavericks don't even have that Bruiser yet that the, the Mavericks would need, and so he fits both of those boxes. Like he could completely replace Dwight Powell, and then he could be the Bruiser as well. That the Mavericks desperately need right now that they tried to get in Boban and. Um, you know, tried to get at the deadline and couldn't find one, so they ended up with Willie Colley Stein. Like that completely throws him out of you know out of the mix, and there's so many different things. But can the bullpen idea be a detriment if you can replace you know a couple of those positions with one guy? Right, like that's kind of the pendulum you go back and forth on. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that depends on the rest. You know, we're referencing the bullpen thing we've talked about a thousand times, and that goes back to. Uh, this thing that Donnie Nelson told me uh, for the story of like, hey, the center position in today's game, you, you almost got to treat it like a bullpen unless you have an Embiid, Jokic, and one of those guys. But yeah, I, I, that's the route they seem like they're going towards in that using the Dwight Powell, Bobon type of guys. But it, yeah, if you have guys like Luka and KP and you have money to spend, I think it's one of those things where would you 
would Gobert be your first option to spend your money on? No, because you'd rather spend it on a wing or a guard. But if you're sitting there and everybody else is off the table and you got money to spend, would they give it to Gobert then? I don't know. Like, I would still lean towards a no, but I don't know. Because, like I said, you know, Gobert hits free agency in 2021. What's that even going to look like? Is he going to have yeah. an extension with Utah or something if they keep him before then? If not, will they hit it, let him hit unrestricted free agency? And what will somebody like Gobert get on the open market that I, you know, I still think he would get a, you know a good a good paycheck from somebody but it, it's just kind of crazy to think about you know so many teams going small and so many teams having centers like Porzingis and Towns and these guys that can you know shoot threes what yeah I mean a team like Atlanta they would max him out probably I guess well, they just got Clint Capella, so. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But the other thing is that Rudy Gobert, he's only making twenty six million next year. That's less than what Porzingis is going to make. Porzingis is going to make twenty nine and a half million, basically. Uh, and so it's not like he has this huge, like thirty five million, thirty eight million dollar max deal. Um, true, but would you want to pay fifty five million dollars to two seven footers? That's the question. I don't. Yeah, think, that, I don't think I would. You, you can get away with that when you have Luca making eight million. Yeah, that's the luxury of having you know your best player on a, on a rookie deal. I, I mean, it's not a fit that it, a, the Gobert Porzingis fit. One, one that'd be crazy to see every night. You know, these two seven footers and talk. Good luck getting a shot off at the rim. By the Sharing way, cigarettes and baguettes. <laughs> but, but you know, it would eliminate. It's kind of weird even thinking about the two bigs now because ever since Dwight's you know went down, we've seen them go you know smaller with KP at the five, and I think that's the way they should go anyway. But do you think they even have a package to get either one of those guys if they went after them? I think definitely it's easier to get Gobert probably. Yeah, the Donovan but, Mitchell one is so hard because he's still on that rookie deal, right? So it's just yeah. it's so hard to put together a package that doesn't include Luca, right? <laughs> like just to put together the pieces because um, he just doesn't make that much money. So you can't pack, you can't like send Tim Hardaway Jr. and the draft pick, you know, on draft night, and you know Seth Curry. Like you can't just start adding stuff because the salary is just too much. With Rudy Gobert though, his his value could go down if this if this does become a problem the reason why he would become available is because he is unsalvageable with donovan mitchell all of a sudden he's like a used car right <laughs> like the value of him in the trade goes way down because the jazz need to get rid of him to to make this work with donovan mitchell and so i think they could put a package together for for rudy gobert if it went down if it came down to it right yeah, I mean, you'd have to match the money at the 26 mark. So Dwight would definitely have to be in the deal. Yeah. And then you're looking at one of the other guys. Or you could just do Hardaway in the deal, right? Well, yeah, you'd be banking on Hardaway picking up that option because it was to have to happen in the offseason. And that's when Tim Hardaway's player option is. So, you know, what that looks like if he does an extension or, you know, picks up the option. But if assuming Hardaway's not in the deal, You'd have to have a combination of Dwight, DeLon, uh, Wright. DeLon Wright, that would get you to what, 18, 19 million. Then you have to yeah, have another no. one of those guys. If you're talking about next year's money, that gets you to 20. And then the draft pick, that's like about 3 million because the draft pick's around like 20. Because um, that player would be a real player at that point because they can't trade it before it becomes a real player. Um, and yeah, so, so you're, then, you're yeah. almost there. Yeah. You're close. You're close at that point. So. Um, yeah, and that would be curious. Would you do that for one year of uh, you know of, of of Gobert and then just wing it? But Porzingis, la- yeah, 
Gobert and Boban just walking around doing anything, that would be just the weirdest combination of like large humans <laughs> you could put together in the NBA. Yeah, and circling back to the Mitchell one, I just don't think Dallas has a package for it. No. Not at this point. They don't have the draft picks. And if Utah does entertain a Mitchell trade, which I don't think they will, but if they do, my number one goal in if you're trading somebody like Mitchell is you're getting a similar player back. You're getting a guy like a SGA type of player back in the deal. Somebody that's young, a potential star type of guy. And, you know, Dallas just doesn't have one of those guys outside of Luka and KP. Or so. an older win now guy, right? Like you do it the other way around. Whereas, you know, the clip, like the Clippers were getting Paul George, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, oh yeah, like Brad Beal. Yeah. Like you'd have to do one at the other end. Yeah, like yeah, like a Bradley Beal type of guy or something like that, and so I, I don't see them trading Mitchell. So, long story short, to our conversation, I don't see Dallas trying to trade for either one of them. Maybe they'll uh, try, right? They'll probably Don Nelson's probably made some calls. He's got nothing else to do, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but it, like you said with KP, and like we with the Porzingis thing, looking at the deal in hindsight, you're like, all right, somebody could outbid that. But you know, when you read the story and stuff, they didn't let people outbid that. So. It would take a unique, crazy situation like that for them, I think, to get Mitchell because they would just get outbid. Gobert, I think they could, you know, think of a package to get there. It's just, I think that's a matter of, I just don't think they would want to do that. I don't think they would sacrifice the the pieces to go after a Gobert type that they would rather spend money on the wing or a guard spot and somebody that you're just going to have for one year and then they're at, you know, yeah, and then you're in 2021 free agency trying to figure everything out, you know, free agency and yeah. Let's say Dwight DeLon and Justin Jackson made it work. That that makes that the money works there. Would you do it? <laughs> Here here's a here's a the Come on, you wouldn't do it for a, you wouldn't no, do it for Dwight a, here, DeLon and Justin Jackson? Here's the other angle to it. If you do that deal and you get one year Gobert you're also opening up more cap space in 2021 to where if Gobert even walks then, then you have, what, not 19 more million in 2021 to go out and spend. Now, you would be losing... Because Dwight, Dwight and DeLon are gone. Yeah, because yeah, Dwight and DeLon. But um, for one year of Rudy Gobert... I don't know. Sure. Why not? Heck Yeah. If, if that's yeah if it's those three I guess so Delon would get more playing time I think he'd be happy happy with that here's the uh, play let's say if that if that happens right and then the jazz are able to replace him with a couple of usable players it's, it's a terrible deal for the jazz though that, that would never happen but for the Mavericks you do that deal you have Rudy Gobert's bird rights and then all of a sudden you mm-hmm. can sign a big name. Let's, let's say you could get Giannis. You sign Giannis. All of a sudden you have Gobert, Porzingis, Giannis, and Luca. Just the, the biggest starting lineup that have, has ever been put together ever. I'm just trying to picture Giannis and Gobert on the same floor together. <laughs> that you, would be you funny. Can. The arms are too long, right? <laughs> Nobody can get past that. I don't know who'd win in a three point shootout with that, but oh, Giannis for the, sure, but. <laughs> That would be crazy, though, just the length and size on the court. And they're like, hey, we're going to zag while everyone else is uh, going small. We're going to. How many feet uh, is that? Is that That's 15 feet of arm of wingspan between the two of them. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> More than that. So there you go. We that's talked the, about that's Gobert the long Mitchell. play. That's the long play right there, guys. That's the long play. That's the ultimate giraffe gaff. <laughs> yeah. Put Maxi in there instead of. <laughs> Oh man, there you go. No, so you put Dorian, Luca, 
Dorian as your guards in the backcourt shooting the three. Then you have Giannis as your three. Then you have Porzingis as your four and Gobert as your five. Boom. Good luck getting a shot. Moneyball. <laughs> Let's go. Moneyball. Try to score on this lineup. Also try to stop this lineup from dunking every time down the floor. <laughs> try to dunk. Just how many teams could be able to just have any dunks against that team? <laughs> None. None teams. None teams. There you go. That's the long play. All right. Well, hey, have you noticed that our pods have been going long since the quarantine? We're just. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. This is part of it, guys. If you want to donate to our pod. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Also, if you're, Damn, if, you're if, if your business wants to advertise with Locked On Mavericks, 50% off right now. So let us know. There's a link in the description of this podcast how to contact us. That would be absolutely incredible, guys. That would be awesome. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.